Welcome to Today I Choose. I'm your host, Melissa Bingham. Today we're talking about navigating life through the cycles of the moon with Letty Sullivan. She is a priestess of the sacred arts and the creatrix of the goddess ministry, whose mission is to anchor energetic activism centered in love, divine feminine wisdom, metaphysical principles, and cosmic time cycles. Letty is also an inspirational speaker, professional organizer, life coach, and author. Her most recent essay appears in the new anthology, Sovereign Unto Herself, Release Codependencies and Claim Your Authentic Power. Letty is a senior priestess and mentor in the Priestess Presence, an online temple space with more than 19,000 members. She also leads Eclipsing Injustice, a series of full moon ritual events to heal racial trauma and amplify love. Letty is the mother of three, and she's joining us today from her home in Oak Park, Illinois. Be sure to listen until the end for Letty's powerful prayer for her intention for our world. Enjoy. All right. So welcome, Miss Letty Sullivan. Yay. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. My priestess friend, my goddess sister, my moon worshiping, following partner in crime. I love it. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Yes, I am so I'm so glad to be here and and to be in this conversation. Absolutely. So let's just jump in. What does intentional living mean to you? In short, it's mindful living, right? It's it's mm. being fully present to what is occurring in the moment and what is unfolding, right? So it's so it's in a way it's like what you're living into and how you're living into it. <laughs> it's the, mm. the destination and the journey. Mm-hmm. Love that. I love that. So I know that you have had the goddess ministry for a number of years, um, and you're also a priestess. Tell me how how that all unfolded. And, and I know, because I know a lot of your, obviously, so much of what you do is intentional. And I know that you work with the moon cycles and you're intentionally creating and, and showing up you know, kind of in that flow of the moon. So talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, ancient peoples didn't have calendars and clocks like we use now. They navigated through the cycles of nature and through the cycles of the cosmos. Like that was that was just the way it was when it came to time. It was tied to the light that was bathing the planet and, um, you know, from the moon, of course, obviously at mm-hmm. night. And also the solar cycles. And so that is our natural expression as human beings, as earthlings, generally track time that way. And that would guide when we planted, when we harvested, when we, you know what I mean? So all of our intentional activities were tied to nature. And so when I started the work of the goddess ministry, which will be 10 years old on uh, July 30th. Fabulous. Yeah, I drew a birth chart for the goddess ministry, and I, I happened to just come across it when I was purging other papers. And so, you know, the work was for, for us to to remember the wisdom of the earth and what, you know, Grandmother Moon had to, to teach us. And when I personally started cycling with the moon, it enhanced my my personal growth and spiritual development because I would take my development in lunar cycles, which means Mm -hmm. if I'm doing mirror work, you know, or an affirmation work, then I would take it for a 28 day cycle and I would take it for a moon and run it through my system. And if it 
you know, if it wasn't quite working or optimal, then I would shift or adjust or change it, you know, according to when, when these natural shifts were occurring. And it solved for me the, the, the kind of dilemma of, am I doing this too, too long or am I not doing enough? You know, it, it kind of like, sometimes you don't know, like, like Mm -hmm. if you're changing your diet or introducing a supplement or something, I would take it for a cycle intending to pay attention to how it feels and then make adjustments accordingly with the lunar cycles. And so, yeah. 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 I love that. And, and, you know, there's so many things, you know, we'll see like, um, oh, do this for 21 days or there's a 40 day practice or, you know, people do 108 day practices and all of those are great opportunities to, you know, for self-improvement and for deepening these practices. But I, there is something so powerful about traveling with the new moon through the the waning and the waxing and the full moon and then coming back into that. How so what does the goddess ministry do? So uh, congratulations on 10 years. That's I remember when you started it actually. Yeah. So what what's the goddess ministry all about? The goddess ministry is centered on um, elevating the divine feminine presence to her rightful place beside the sacred masculine. And so it's really and I think there's a common misperception of the divine feminine is rising to, suppl- to, to, to suppress the masculine, to transcend them, to, to have the same dynamic that the masculine has wrought onto the feminine, mm-hmm. right? Because there's mm-hmm. been this yeah. subjugation and domination and annihilation of the feminine in all of its forms, whether it's through language and, and creating derogatory phrases based on feminine principles or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like a quid pro quo that the divine feminine rising now means that the masculine is suppressed and dominated and all the you know reciprocity of that. It's not actually right. The natural state of things is a harmonious relationship or union with the divine feminine and the sacred masculine. That's really what the goddess ministry is. Um, Part of the purpose and the mission of this work was to allow the divine feminine to ascend within women who had been culturally conditioned to lean more on or overly develop their masculine side in order Mm -hmm. to achieve success and recognition and in the collective, right? And and so a lot of women had to allow the divine feminine to rise within them to counterbalance the over-masculinization. And so that was the work over, you know, maybe last eight or nine years, but now something shifted. There's a diff- whole different tone to it now, because I think we're getting to, I would say, at least a critical mass in the cultural discourse that talks about women's ability to lead and be powerful, not as female bodies with masculine energy, right? Women masquerading as men, but actually the 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 authentic soft softer power that women can wield. But the the versatility of of a woman who can, you know, stand in, in her uh sacred union of her own masculine and feminine presence. Like that is what I see. That's what I see when I see Kamala Harris. That's what I see when I see Stacey Abrams. That's the, you know what I mean? Like there are Mm -hmm. so many Mm -hmm. women that are rising to prominence and power that are demonstrating a balance. Yeah. You know, in the priestess terms, it's the Eros Gamos, right? It's that that sacred union. It's that sacred union and the viscous, piscous, I never say that right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it is that balanced piece of, 
of all of us. It's not one or the other. And, and, you know, in, and I know that you have gone through, um, some, the priestess training that the Sanctuary of the Open Heart 13 Moon Mystery School offers. What has that brought to your life? Gosh, um, the 13 Moon Mystery School, I guess the best way that I can describe it is that it was like the mortar between the bricks of my consciousness. Mm. It's like it took all these different things that I had been studying or, you know, really interested and curious about embodying things like sacred geometry and the power of colors and the power of scents, herbs and crystals and, and goddess culture, but not just one culture, but the goddess in all her faces as she showed up in different cultures. I had been doing all this stuff kind of independently because it's all one. And when mm-hmm. I started doing the 13 moon work, it just synthesized all of it. it. It was like I was putting together a puzzle without the box that the pieces came in. Mm-hmm. And then the and then the 13 moon mystery school work was like the full picture that then I could take these different pieces and put them together to see a complete picture. And so it has transformed the way I show up in the world in every aspect of my being. Every single aspect of my life was touched. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. So with all of this work that you're doing in the world, and we'll we'll talk a little more about that, but what how how do you use intention? So we've got the we've got the piece of the moon. We've got, you know, the faces of the divine feminine. What, what's a, what's a moon cycle look like for you in the running of your company and your business and being, being yourself in the world and, and, and also like with your family, how do you, you know, live this intentionally in your life? Because I know you do. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what? It, I think first and foremost, it keeps me from being scattered. Like I'm someone who um, has a capacity to do a lot of things at once. Like I'm, I'm pre- like most women, I'm pretty darn good at multitasking, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right? Like yeah, I'm an entrepreneur yeah. and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm a sister friend and a mentor and a coach, you know, so I do all these things. And so what the intention setting does and what what happens when a, a lunar cycle is approaching is let's see a few things so i would say at the end of a lunar cycle as i come up on that balsamic phase of the moon which is usually about two and a half days before a new moon that is a time for me to complete things to look around myself and to see what is spent what is expired mm. what is what has been you know outlived its usefulness um and 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 then i you know I, I recognize, first of all, recognize and acknowledge that something is complete. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I usually embed intentionally my, my um, completion energy in those last two days of the, the moon phase. And, and some of the actions that I take is like, you know, I keep a, a living altar. I tend my altar mm-hmm. at the altar devotional practice. Right. So mm-hmm. in that balsamic phase, I will dismantle my altar and and leave it fallow for a couple of days and just burn a candle like i will just transmute the energy let it transition from where it was to where it's going and then on the new moon i will set an altar and i will call forward the energy in various ways and i, I do teach this in an altar master class but i have a, my own little method 
of calling in those energies, weaving them in with colors and crystals and everything, whatever. Um, so I do that. And then for my business, I'm looking ahead at what is the theme for the month. And so every month, every moon, everything for me runs in that 13 moon cycle. So mm-hmm. I alter my altar kind of paces me. And so I let, you know, I let that in, in the 13 moon feminine archetypes. And so on the lunar new year, because we're, we're doing this just slightly before the new year, we will start a new spiral of 13, which means it'll start with the great mother. And across all of my channels and across my platform, I'll be weaving in the frequency of the great mother. So you'll see her colors of burgundy. You'll see roses. You'll see me talking about surrender and letting mm-hmm. go and receiving. I'll talk about her shadows and her light. And then in a, in a galactic timing perspective, I talk about the galactic creation codes. And so there's one that corresponds with each, with each of the 13 archetypes. And so that first one is magnetism, magnetic. And so then that that calls in a certain kind of energy. And so I weave that in through everything that I do and it creates a coherency with cosmic energy, archetypal energy, lunar energy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And what does your family think or how and how have you weaved this this way of living into your family? In a bunch of little ways. Like one of the things that I don't do is you know just kind of enforce my belief system on mm-hmm. my kids, especially like my daughters are they're kind of not into this stuff. And so, so I don't get to share big parts of the goddess work that I do with them. Like they, of course they know my youngest daughter yeah. loves my altars. Maya, you know, Maya has a lot of respect and love for me, but it's just not her thing. You know, she's a yeah. teenager, so she's just going to do her own thing. <laughs> but my son is all here for it. He is here for it. 100%. And so during the time, this time of the pandemic, been able to, to share a lot of my wisdom with him and he's been soaking it up like a sponge. My husband, he is he's very just loving and respectful and he gives me all the space that I need and he doesn't it's not it, it's it's neutral for him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes I trim his hair cuz he he let it grow out and I'll trim his hair on the new moon, you know, because that's been yeah. shown to allow it to grow healthy and strong and stuff like that. And so I have little practices around the house. We do a, a, a big, a deeper cleaning at the end of the lunar cycle. Like I'm generally mm-hmm. tasking out activities to people, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> I get this done. I don't necessarily say it's because of the moon, but it's kind of yeah. like, all right, we need to yeah. do this. I got clear that it's really more about modeling than teaching because for a long time, you know, I was like, oh, I got to teach them all of this. I have to teach, teach, teach. And, I, you know, it's more to me now about modeling and modeling. They just, I just, I just be me and do, yeah. you know, I do my altars. I do my cards. I, you know, they know, they know the archetypes and what's happening and, and all of that. And um, yeah, it's, it, I, I think that they're little sponges too. And mm-hmm. just by being around it, I think we're setting a, a great example. Yeah, absolutely. Because look, you know, most parents will admit to this and some won't, but kids don't really listen to what you're saying. They watch what <laughs> you're doing. They watch what you're exactly. doing, you know, so you yeah. can't do that. Don't do as I do, do as I say kind of thing that doesn't work right. ever. Right. <laughs> no, 
Absolutely. So this year has been big for you. I know you uh, published a book this year and you have a fierce new website and you're starting something called decolonization coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me all about the book and what, what this year has, has expanded for you, because I know you've really just kind of stepped fully out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because 2020 was supposed to be a development year for me, right? I had put Mm -hmm. myself into a couple of mastermind groups to, to really kind of, you know, feel into my platform and how to do what I did so well for so many years in person and how to do it online in a way that felt good. Right. So that was kind of the challenge of 2020 um, was how do I do what I do online? What I do so well in person, because people can't always find the time to, to put their body in the space. And then the lockdown happened and everybody showed up online and I had been using Zoom since 2016. So I was a Zoom veteran and nobody would listen to me. Like I had joined the PTO and I was like, you guys, we don't have to do these meetings in person. It'd be better to do them online. And they were like, no, no, no. You know, so uh, we ended up having those PTO meetings online anyway. And everybody was like, Letty tried to tell us. (laughs) So, um, so 2020 was kind of that year. So I got, you know, I got a little bit of traction because everybody showed up online and I had been making offerings online, but they were still relatively small. And right around the time, it was the time that George Floyd was murdered at the end of May, you know, my priestess community We just felt the collective devastation of it, right? And we were processing it together. And it was, it was profound, really. And I knew that in the middle of the pandemic was not time for my activism to show up as me taking to the streets. Now, I had been taking it to the streets, (laughs) marching and carrying on. I've been doing that for a while, but I just knew, I was like, "This, this one, this ain't about a march right here. I was like, what is it that is mine to do? And that's what my prayer was. My prayer to my higher self, to the Holy Spirit or whatever you, whatever folks call it. You know, my prayer was like, what's mine to do here? Because I'm very clear it's not to be out in the streets. And the response that I got, you know, from my higher self was like, hold space. Because that that's really my superpower <laughs> is yeah, holding absolutely. sacred space. And so it was like, hold space for the grief and for the rage. And I was like, didn't feel qualified to do that because mm-hmm. I have very limited experience with grief. And I'm not someone who experiences rage all that much, right? Like I dip my toe in it, but it doesn't mm-hmm. stick, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but, but, but the watching George Floyd's life get snuffed out on camera, it, it inflamed my soul to an extent that I was like, why do I feel so strongly about this? I don't know this man. You know, other people have died by police violence. Why him? Why now? Why is this happening? And it was almost as though, and I talked to other people too that felt the same way. It was like the grief of my ancestors, my my mothers, my great-grandmothers, my great-great-grandmothers who had to stand aside and watch violence be wrought upon their loved ones in the community with impunity because of white supremacy and oppression. 
it was like it ignited my bystander mm. trauma of my ancestors got ignited in that moment. And it was like, mm -hmm. what do I do with this? And mm -hmm. so I, on the new moon of that cycle, I had had a, a new moon gathering and it had 13 women in it. And some of them were working in the healthcare field. Um, and so that work was, that space was really nourishing for them in a time of the pandemic that there was so much uncertainty and so many shortages of very essential, like, you know, personal protective mm. equipment and stuff. Yeah. And so that, that new moon, I had 13 people. When my community, once we, we said we're holding this event called Eclipsing Injustice, and I called it Eclipsing Injustice because there were three eclipses coming up. And I said, we can at least take these three eclipses. It was June 5th, June 21st, and July 4th. And it was just so interesting those days because they were, you know, they were all eclipses, but then one was like the summer solstice and the other one was U.S. Independence Day. And so I thought that was just going to be it. But do you know that when we put it out to the community, 1,300 people signed up within 48 hours. And I was just floored, like, whoa. <laughs> like, whoa. Mm -hmm. and then, <laughs> right. And then by the time June 5th came around, there were over 2000 people and live on that Zoom call was about 400 people live. And then people that watched it later. And it was just this overwhelming outpouring. And it thrust me <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. into the spotlight. It thrust me out before I felt like I was ready. But if you know me and you do know me, you know, I, 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 nothing ever feels ready for me. I'm always tweaking and tweaking until there's no more. And I probably yeah. would have done that had, had this not happened to disrupt my creative process. Right. So I was thinking, yeah. oh my God, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> but, but yeah. folks are ready for me, for, for the, the message that was channeling through me and the space that I was holding. And, and that's how this year, the, the year 2020 is started in June and it, it's just continuing to, to, to expand. That's amazing. And as, as we learn in priestess circles that our presence is enough. And so I, I know that for you, just being present was more than enough. And so, and then you've continued these, your moonly gathering now is called eclipsing justice injustice now right that's right that's right we we still have we're holding sacred abolitionist space so our dialogues and discourses are in a ritual container so we call in the four directions we call in our ancestors we ground ourselves in sacred agreement and then we work to transmute the energies that we inherited from systemic oppression no one is no one is exempt from the impact of systemic oppression even if it provides you some sort of privilege if it's tied to another's oppression then you're tied to it too if mm -hmm. one of us ain't free none of us are free if you, it was james baldwin who said if your freedom is predicated on my oppression neither one of us are free Oh, so much good. So much good work, Letty. I just, I'm, I'm so 
the intentionality that you've put into the last 10 years is just blossoming and blooming in such beautiful ways. And, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on Today I Choose, because you have chosen to live this life with intention. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you being here with me today. You ready for some fun, fun questions here at the end that I love to ask? <laughs> sure. All right, let's do it. What is your favorite place and why? Okay, so I have two. <laughs> Okay, that's great. The first one is my bed. Okay. (laughs) I love my bed. My husband and I have been married for almost two dozen years now. We're in our 23rd (laughs) year and we have never been able to find a mattress that we can both sleep on (laughs) until now. And so we finally got the perfect mattress. And then during the, you know, during this time of, of quarantining, like I upgraded, I upgraded my sheets, my pillows, my, I have, oh, I discovered weighted blankets. Oh, oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, so I love my bed. And then, um, and then two years ago, in um, well, a year and a half ago, I got the the wonderful privilege to travel to Egypt, and mm. it was like my soul returned home. I mm. felt like I was in one of those episodes of like um, like on the History Channel when they're recreating mm-hmm. ruins, you know. Yeah. And I felt like yeah. I would walk into a, a a temple, an ancient ruined temple, and see it rebuilt up all around me in my mind's eye with all the tapestries mm. and the statues and things that weren't there anymore but i felt it i felt i felt the 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 resonance in my every part mm. of my spirit and so i love it i can't wait to get back i mean sailing up the nile just gave life yummy <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh yes egypt's on my bucket list yeah i i yeah egypt is definitely on my bucket list i love that yeah. all right Cats, dogs, or some other animal, or none? So we have cats in our home. I grew up without any animals because my mom wasn't an animal person. I like cats because they are, number one, they're quiet (laughs) for the most part, unless you get a really loud mouth kitty. Um, But but they're quiet. They they handle their business, you know, <laughs> and they're affectionate when they want to be. But you know, so I I'm a dog person only with other people's dogs. <laughs> I love other I love. people's dogs, but I don't want to be cleaning up their, you know, I don't want to be taking them outside, you know, and all that stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite word? So this is funny because I was like, what is my favorite word? So the so the first one is just is love, but I wasn't satisfied with that. But I do love love. I love yeah. love. But the other word that I really do love is soliloquy. Ooh. And soliloquy, it just does something with my tongue, you know, the soliloquy part. But it's really just a fancy word for talking to yourself, which I do all the time. <laughs> I love that. Soliloquy. Yeah, it makes it does. It does. It's fun to say on your tongue. You're right. Right. What are you reading right now? I almost never read just one book. So I've got a stack. But Love it. my stack by the bed right now has um, When the Women Were Drummers, Be Like Water, and uh, Coming of the Cosmic Christ by Matthew. Mm. I, I read a little bit and I read a little bit here and, you know, depending on the day when I'm feeling. That's great. I love Matthew Fox and that when, when, when women were drummers is an amazing book. So yeah. highly recommend that one. If you had a theme song, what would it be? <laughs> In high school, I had a theme song. 
that they would mm-hmm. always yell out. So that was <laughs> Brick House by the Commodores. <laughs> so so my, my theme song in high school was She's a Brick House, <laughs> right? That was my theme. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm solid. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty solid. You know me. <laughs> But, you know, in my adult years, it's it's um, a song by Ricky Byers called I Feel Like Letting Go. Mm. And the first the first line of is is if I can let go, the darkness would fade if I can Mm. just let go. And so that song, you know, my my business as a professional organizer, which, of course, I can't do because of the pandemic, was called Letting Go with Letty. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was helping people let go of the clutter in their environment, but also as a life coach and, and spiritual practitioner, letting go of the clutter in the psyche and our consciousness, uh-huh. too. So so that was uh-huh. my theme. That's my theme. Song. Beautiful. Yeah. OK, what would your if what would your superhero name be and what would your power would you have? <laughs> so I <laughs> so my superhero name would be like the Galactic Chrononaut. and and her superpower would be to manipulate time and space Mm, mm -hmm. so i ran across that word chrononaut and it's like you know like an astronaut but somebody Mm -hmm. versus time and um and i'm very much a priestess of time and space Mm. whether it's physical space inner space or outer space I, i i get to move through that with with great intentionality i love that and our last question is more a little more serious. What's your intention for our world right now? My intention for the world is for us to transmute and heal our collective consciousness from colonialized trauma and abuse because colonialism has impacted every country on the planet. And what the highest expression of that would be is a rise in our cultural intelligence that we don't learn about other cultures, you know, for any other reason than to increase our cultural intelligence so that we can better understand our oneness. Mm, that's, yeah, mm, so powerful, Letty. I know, because I know you, I know that one of your superpowers is the power of prayer. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask, <laughs> would, would you be willing to pray up the transmutation and healing of colonialized trauma and abuse? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's do it. <sighs> mm, so for all of those listening, just make sure you feel your seat. Sit down if you're sitting and just connect, connect with your root, your sit bones. Take a hand, place it on your heart so that you can bring your awareness to your heart center so you can be rooted in this moment as we connect. And so let's take a deep breath together. <sighs> knowing that breath is life and that this life is the very life creation, that we are one with a, an infinite intelligence, a, a divine source energy that is undergirding everything that we call reality, that in this moment, we are one with this breath that is everywhere around us, abundant, and that it is keeping us present in these human forms as spiritual beings. And so I am so grateful and thankful for this holy breath that we take together. And it's from this place of connection and unity that I speak a word of blessing over this divine intention for our collective, for humanity, for all earthlings to be free of the legacy, the impact 
of trauma and violence based on this this philosophy of systemic oppression that has been meted out over the planet for generations and for our grand our great grandparents and our and our parents who have really traversed through the 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 deepest layers of abuse and trauma and violence that we are the survivors of that that we have inherited this legacy of unaddressed unacknowledged and unmetabolized pain and abuse and trauma and now we are resourced everyone walking the planet right now is resourced in clearing and transmuting this trauma and so we pray for the holy spirit the whole spirit of god to to move through us and as us as we cry these tears as we remember that which has been dismembered about the divine presence that dwells within us, that connects us, that lets us know that we are one, that there is only one race on this planet and that we are all a part of it. And so we release right now the legacy of the trauma and we address the wounds of those who are continuing to suffer under the strain of systems that are designed to take humanity out of the equation out of the picture. And so we put the humanity back in, we put the divinity back in. We know that we do not do this alone, that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds and our hearts and our patterns and our norms and our customs and the way that we see each other, the way that we hear each other. We place it on the altar of the divine presence that takes care of the how so that we may rise rise in emotional intelligence, rise in cultural intelligence, arise in our ability to see one another, to heal one another, to look out for each other, for we need each other now. And we do not do this alone. So with love and with gratitude, I release this prayer into the action of the law that only and always says, yes, my beloved, and we let it be. And so it is. Ashe. So it is. Ashe. <sighs> Just let that marinate for a minute. Mm, thank you so much, Letty. That was fabulous. So if people want to find you, where on the web and on social can they find you? So my main site is LettySullivan.com. And so you can uh, get on my newsletter, the monthly. I send the monthly out on the new and the full moons. And um, you can find me on all the social platforms at goddess ministry and so that's that's all of them facebook twitter instagram all that and then um and then i have a dedicated online community space that is launching on the lunar new year so um i'm not sure when this will launch when this will play but it's going to um it's with mighty networks and so you can go to mighty networks and find me there at goddess ministry beautiful Well, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so grateful for you. So grateful for all of the intention that you put out in the world. And I just, I look forward to seeing what happens next. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me and allowing me to speak into, uh, for your audience. So thank you. And, and just blessings to you and your family, sister. I miss you. I miss your face. (laughs) I miss you too. 
So much goodness in that conversation with Letty. I hope you found some golden nuggets to help you live a more intentional life. To learn more about what I'm up to, please visit my website, todayichoose.me. And may your week be filled with intention. Today I Choose is brought to you by 3B Productions and Nevertheless Media. Our producer and audio engineer is Sam Booty. Our graphic designer is Marsha Craig. Our research assistant is Molly Bingham. To find us on Instagram, look for Today I Choose with Melissa. And find our Facebook group, Everyday Living with Intention. And on the web, todayichoose.me.